Man, I'm telling you, it is done. God is taking his stand. And the seven bulls as they get thrown down are absolutely a declaration. God's in charge. Amen. Well, it's great to be here with you. It's great to be worshiping with you. And uh, whether you're joining us here in person or online, man, we are fired up to rally together to make much of Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said... Man, we are here to make much of Jesus. That's what it's all about. So, hey, we're in a series called The Thunderous Sevens and the Copycat. The Thunderous Sevens and the Copycat. The Thunderous Sevens being like the fingerprint of God at work, right? We see everywhere as God is working in that final seven years to come, Revelation chapters 4 through 19, and you see those final seven years to come, sevens all over the place right? It's seven years. It's seven seals, seven trumpets, seven bowls. We see God working all over the place with thunderous sevens. God in charge. Everybody say God has a plan, right? And then the thunderous sevens and the copycat, Satan running around trying to build his kingdom, trying to make it much about his name, and it's a lame shot at best, right? And so as we continue now today in the series here, we're jumping into the bowls, right? So remember again, the timeline, seven years, seven seals, seven trumpets, seven bowls, Christ comes. Like that's the timeline. We're getting very close to the end of the timeline piece now. Everybody just say the timeline with me, ready? Seven years, seven seals, seven trumpets, seven bowls, Christ comes. Like if you've got that down and nothing else is nailed but that timeline, you understand how God is rolling out his thunderous sevens in Revelation 4 through 19 and all that's going on in that final seven years, right? So that's what we're talking about. Remember, as we pick this up, we uh, have talked about the seals and the trumpets. Those were already a couple weeks back. And so the seals, like the scroll that Jesus took, that he alone is worthy the rolling out of God the Father's plan. And as Jesus takes the scroll and he begins to break each of the seals, each seal that's broken unleashes sort of this, if you want to call it preparatory wrath that gets dropped down onto the earth, kind of a statement of God in charge, right? And as those seven seals get broken, then Christ opens up the scroll and you begin to hear the seven trumpets thunderously declared. By the way, I had somebody ask, hey, do you think those trumpets are really blasted or do you think that's just like a metaphor? You know, it doesn't say there. I personally believe this is actually going to be trumpet blast. God loves to use kind of symbolism along the way. I think there's going to be a massive heavenly declaration of God's plan rolling out in these huge blasts of trumpets and then the, the wrath that comes with that. And we walked through that a couple weeks back. Man, that's no small walk, right? It's a couple of chapters of the seven trumpets of wrath being rolled out. Well, that's God's plan, right? We see the seven seals seven trumpets today. We're going to talk about the seven bowls. Picture it this way. The seals may be like the first half of the seven years and the trumpets largely the second half of the seven years and then the bowls right at the very end and then Christ comes, right? And so God's kind of rolled out his plan. Last week we looked at, uh, so what's Satan doing during that time? 
What's going on with this beast? What does all that mean? And man, there's a lot of detail chalked into that, right? That's, that's a heavy load of walkthrough to walk through Revelation 13 and see what Satan's got going on. And just so we're super clear on it, let's remind ourselves just a couple of things, right? The beast steps in, right? He does the covenant with many that starts the seven years. There's sort of this walking through the first half and you've got the seals coming down, things going wrong here and there, but he's trying to take over. The beast is trying to do some things. At the midpoint, he takes a head blow. They think it's a mortal wound. It looks like he's died, but he ends up coming back. They think maybe resurrection, people start to worship. He starts to demand worship. And the last half of the seven years is the beast taking over this human being who is indwelt by Satan or some demonic element and a massive evil 42 months of dominance goes on for the last half of that seven years, right? That's the beast's rule and it comes to a close as Christ comes, he brings it to an end. And so the beast is really trying to put some sort of kingdom dominance in some one world dominance, one world religion, one world economy, right? That's the mark of the beast, all that stuff. Is the beast trying to lay in, I can do a kingdom, right? And it's a lame copycat. Everybody say lame. And so the bulls are going to come in today, which is God saying, uh, yeah, no. Yeah, that's not going anywhere. God's going to step in with the bulls in a huge way and make it clear who he is. So let's just remind ourselves again. Remember the spyglass piece, right? The, the whole pirates thing that we talked about, right? And this is connected together, right? And the seals is kind of the first piece. And we've already talked about the trumpets that comes after it. What comes today now is the bulls. That's what's coming now. The last of the three pieces, think of them as connected. On the seventh seal, you unleash the trumpets. On the seventh trumpet, you then unleash the bulls, all right? That's where we're picking it up today, the seven bulls. Some of you might be like, what is a bull? We're going to talk about it today, all right? So let's hang on. Uh, all right. That said, let's make sure we dive in. Turn with me, if you will, to Revelation chapter 16 as we get going after this. Revelation chapter 16. And we're going to dive in together and get started here. Point number one. Woe to the earth. The seventh trumpet will blast, unleashing the final seven plagues, the bowls of God's wrath. So remember, the seventh trumpet blasts. And then from there, it's connected to the seven bulls, right? So the bulls of God's wrath, that's where we're headed today. And as we dive in, I'm just going to tell you, uh, like the end of chapter 14, all of 15 and 16 are connected to the bulls. And uh, chapter 15, we're just going to look at a couple of verses to kind of get us a running start. And then chapter 16 is really where we're going to spend most of our time today, camped in there as it talks about all of the different seven bulls, all right? So chapter 15, starting in verse 7. If you want to look there, you can. Chapter seven, or 15, verse 7. It says, and one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bulls full of the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. Seven golden bulls. How many? Right? And so the thunderous sevens got at work. Just so we're super clear, a bowl or another word for it would be a censer. Some of your uh, interpretations say that. Some of you are like, that doesn't help me at all. Well, in some of your translations, it says a vial, and some of you are like, again, 
that doesn't help me at all, right? So let's make sure we understand it. The word in the original language means kind of an object that would hold some kind of liquid. It would have a wider opening at the top than the bottom, and it would be used for cereal. No, it doesn't say that. But, it's <laughs> but it basically, think of it like a bowl, like a golden bowl, just like you would normally think of a bowl, all right? And uh, that was typically used by the priests and they would put that outside of the temple. And as they were getting prepared to be kind of cleansed, purified, made holy before God in the moment so they could step inside the temple, some of what they did is use that bowl. And they would take their hands and they would wash. And whatever came off of their hands, obviously the, just the dirt of life, but also representative of the sin being washed off. So the junk that came into the bowl was like the rough the nasty, the bad. And then they would actually have a ceremony where they would take that bull and they would throw that off to the side and it was the bad coming out, right? That's really the metaphor going on here. It's like a priestly move with the rough, the nasty being thrown out. Now that said, God doesn't have any sin in him. What's actually coming off of God is the wrath of God. That's what's coming out of these bulls. But think of it like a priestly moment, and it's a, kind of the rough, the bad being thrown out. It is the wrath of God coming down. And it is pretty much like a real bull is probably what it looked like, all right? So it says these seven angels receive the seven golden bulls full of the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. Like he lives from eternity past to eternity future. It says, and the sanctuary was filled with the smoke from the glory of God and from his power. And no one could enter the sanctuary until the seven plagues of the seven angels were finished. These seven bowls are the final ones. And smoke is filling up the whole sanctuary area and nobody's coming in. God's bringing it to a close, right? And uh, it says, then I heard a loud voice from the temple telling the seven angels, go and pour out on the earth the seven bowls of the wrath of God. These are going to be rough. As God is making it clear that the satanic wannabe kingdom is done, that God is in charge over all. And these are going to make clear that God runs all of creation. So here we go. Bowl number one poured on the earth. Bowl number one, poured on the earth. And uh, by the way, we're just walking through that booklet that you should have, that you have gotten uh, over the weeks here, right? Our Revelation booklet. So uh, first bowl, poured on the earth. Painful sores are cast out on the unsaved. It says, so the first angel went and poured out his bowl on the earth. Where? on the earth, and harmful and painful sores came upon the people ready who bore the mark of the beast and worshiped its image. Harmful, painful sores only, everybody say only, only. on those who were taking the mark of the beast and worshiping the beast. By the way, I said last week, really the mark of the beast is not like a credit card function. The mark of the beast is way more than that. It is a statement of who you worship. And that's what's going on here. There is a worship of the beast, a refusal to come to God, will not. And scripture very clear last week that the ones who are worshiping the beast, man, their name is not written in the book of life, right? This is a huge deal. 
And so these are the ones who are resisting God, standing against God, and they are the ones now who are specifically being hit. Most likely by now the church has been raptured out. But there are some who are coming to trust Christ in this sequence. They are seeing the unbelievable authority of God Almighty. And they are ending up bowing to God and trusting in Jesus and being saved. There are some who are going to be saved, praise God for that, during the tribulation. And those who are standing against Satan, against the beast, and against the mark, those who won't worship him, well, they're not the ones included in this. But these are being poured out on all those who are worshiping the beast. And it says there is harmful and painful sores. Look, we have no idea what these are and in what way is this some viral thing that hits but only a certain group of people or a, is this some bacterial thing or is this some really some demonic thing that goes on in some way and in whatever way there is a, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain and a lot of agony as the first bowl pours out on all of those who have chosen to go with Satan and this lame wannabe kingdom. You're with him? Feel this, I'm in charge. God making a statement, I sit over it all. The first bowl poured on the earth. The second bowl poured into the sea. Poured into the sea. Every living sea creature dies. It says the second angel poured out his bowl into the sea. Where did he pour it? So the first is the earth. The second is the sea. Poured it on the sea and it became like, everybody say like, so not this, but similar. Like if I were to kind of think of something it would be similar to, I would use these words. It was like the blood of a corpse and every living thing died that was in the sea. It was thick. It was, I don't know, maybe it was even red. It was somehow it reminded him of blood. It was a reminder of, it was similar to, but somehow the sea takes on this heavy, thick, blood-like substance that is poisonous. It is terrible for all the, the living sea creatures. And notice it says, how many of them die? All, man, every, and that's a bad moment. As God is making a statement at the end here, every living sea creature dies. Remember in the uh, trumpet we looked at two weeks ago, when the sea gets hit, one third of the sea creatures die. So this is, and now the rest. The other two thirds now gone as there's some kind of horrible thing that hits the sea, similar to maybe a plague like what Egypt got hit with way back when Moses was trying to get Israel released and there was a, a blood element in the waters there. In fact, we're gonna see that reference now as we jump to bowl number three. Bowl three poured into the fresh water. Uh, rivers and springs are destroyed. Bowl three poured into the fresh water. The third angel poured out his bowl into the rivers and the river and the springs of water, and they became blood. Notice the word like is not there this time. So in the fresh water, it actually says it became blood. Now you can walk that through and say, well, I think maybe that's a metaphor and, and it just represents something. And, and um, I'm just telling you, I'm not sure that's true. I'm, I'm not sure this isn't actually an exact replica of what went down in Egypt with Moses where it said he touched the water and it became blood. And in fact, he makes a strong statement about it right after it here. But it says the 
fresh water became blood. And it says, and I heard the angel in charge of the waters. By the way, if you wonder if God loves organization, check that. An angel in charge of the waters. Like we have no idea how much God loves to design, create, organize, celebrate. Like God brings all of it together. And here's an organizational statement with an angel in charge of the waters. He says, just are you, O holy one, who is and who was. Like you exist for eternity, O God. For you brought these judgments and you are holy and just. You are right and righteous. You are awesome. And then he explains why. For, just so you know, the word for means because. He says, for because they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink. Like they want to go after shedding the blood of those who stand with God Almighty. Remember, Satan's kingdom is getting evil and hateful. And if you don't worship the beast and worship Satan, you end up losing your life. And lives are being taken who are willing to stand with Jesus Christ. And they're like, we're now seeing what's going on. God's like, here, if you want to drink of blood, then drink this blood. And those are some harsh statements coming from the angel. It says, it is what they deserve. And they heard the altar saying, yes, Lord God, the Almighty, true and just are your judgments. The angels and all of those around the angels are thundering it forth from the altar. Yes, God, finally. Like, have you ever been watching a movie and you're so fed up that it's not finally getting resolved and the good guy isn't actually winning? And when it starts to finally turn and the things start to go the right way for them, you're like, yes, Finally, that's what's going on across the heavens as they are like, this is the Holy One. This is the righteous one. This is the one who deserves to be worshiped. Yes, God, may you get all the glory. And those who are standing in utter rebellion. Well, now the fresh water is blood as well, making a statement. Remember, God is in charge of the earth and the sea and the fresh water. And so far, this is the exact same list that the trumpets made. The trumpets hit them in thirds, earth, sea, fresh water. And now bull number four, poured out on the sun, poured out on the sun. And uh, it says the sun becomes scorchingly hot. The fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun and it was allowed, everybody say God in charge. And it was allowed to scorch the people with fire. They were scorched by the fierce heat and they cursed the name of God who had power over these plagues. They did not repent and give him glory. It was allowed to scorch them. The sun literally heats up. If you remember in the trumpet when the sun got hit, it says it becomes a third dimmer, darker. It's a little colder. It's less heat given. Now all of a sudden it, from going, it goes, whoosh. And all of a sudden, massive heat pouring off of the sun. Like when you walk outside, you would instantly just turn a red. There would start to be blisters. There was this massive pain and heat from the ultraviolet, from the heat itself. Some of you are like, dude, that's every summer for me, right? And like, I mean, some are very sensitive to it. Just so you know, all of us. Every human body would not be able to stand under this sun's heat. And those all that are there, stepping out into the sun, feeling the 
scorching, unbelievable, blister-bringing heat of the sun. God's in charge, and God's over it all. And it says, and they cursed the name of God who had the power over these plagues. Oh, they're getting who's in charge. They're beginning to deliver up curses against God now. Oh, the one in charge of all creation is doing this to us. And it says, and they refused to repent and give him glory. God is the God over the earth and the sea and the fresh water and the heavens. And he is making a thunderous statement of it all. This is the king who owns it all. Satan, you are trying to run your lame copycat kingdom. I am the God of all creation. That's the statement being made by God the Father as he thunders forth the first four bowls. And just so it becomes crystal clear, he now begins to lean in on Satan's domain. Bowl number five, poured on the throne of the beast. Uh, its kingdom is weakened and anguish and fear are maximized. It's now poured out on the throne of the beast. It says the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast. Onto where? The throne. Don't miss it. Goes after the beast and takes over his rule and his authority. Comes after the throne of the beast and the kingdom was plunged into darkness. I'm not sure what the description of it was before, but now it's darkness, right? This is Satan's rule. This is dominance and forced worship, and now it's starting to spiral out. There is starting to be an agony and a pain from within the rulership of the beast's kingdom and domain. It says, people gnawed their tongues in anguish, and cursed the God of heaven for their pain and sores. They did not repent of their deeds. Literally, there is a slamming down against the beast and all of those ruling with the beast. There is a slamming down on all of those who are following with. Remember the pain and sores that it started with when he hit the earth. Now it's being added to it. It's not just the people who are worshiping, but now it's all of. Everyone in agony including, yes, even the beast, who is a human being indwelt by some demonic element, and the beast going through some na nasty elements as well. It says, people gnawed their tongue in anguish. Have you ever hurt so bad you started chewing your tongue? Yeah, me neither. I have not. I've been in a lot of agony. That's when you take pain meds, man, you know? And like... <laughs> All we know of is pain meds that can get us out of and praise God for those that are able to manage things. You go through a rough surgery and you still have meds on the backside. This is something that does not get satisfied by that. This is something in such deep agony that they're chewing on their tongue. They're cursing God for the sores and they refuse to repent. I'll say it this way. The sores and the pain, they're in physical pain. But there's more than that. It says they've been plunged into darkness. They're in some kind of anxiety, depression, demonic pain as well. There is a massive unrest, huge depressionary element as they're spiraling down and just shaking a fist at God. And that's the fifth bowl being poured out. Remember God's plan, seven years, seven seals, 
seven trumpets, and now we're in the seven bowls. And we're fifth bowl in. We're all the way towards the end, and God is making the statement, no, I'm in charge. I am over all, and this will stop. Satan's kingdom, it's collapsing right in front of him. Bowl number six, poured out on the Euphrates. The river dries and Armageddon is set up. It says, and the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates, and its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings from the east. The great river Euphrates, just so you guys know, the Euphrates River provided so much life and living. That whole area where the Euphrates was was called the Fertile Crescent. And the waters of the Euphrates River were lush and lavish. People would climb in their boats and they would fish. They would end up having the water being able to be spread out over all their crops. And the crops were just lush. And it was a huge uh, benefit for them. More than that, though, it was massively deep. Currents were strong. There was a huge protection of it. There was no way armies were coming across. It was so thick. So to say the Euphrates River was going to dry up, was making that, they're like, what in the world is going to be going on? At the time of John, when he was writing this down, that was unbelievable. This massive thing taking place. And it says the Euphrates River was dried up with a purpose in order to prepare the way for the kings from the east. Well, who's east of Israel? You start looking at Asia, maybe even China, Japan, or kind of the geographies of what we're talking about. And depending on the time frame of when this comes down and who's populating those, that's what you're talking about. You're headed east, that's the area you're in, okay? And so the Asia, the China, the Japan kind of properties, and if that's right now, then it's those countries. And if it's later on, whoever is populating those, then that's what's being talked about. And... Uh, it says that there will be a drying up of the Euphrates so that they can come across. So let's just be clear on this. Uh, I was doing a little bit of research on it, and uh, let's throw this pick up. Um, this is the Euphrates River today. Like, it's drying up. Just so we're super crystal clear, like one of the top number one Google words right now is Euphrates because in the last couple years, it's been a massive change. You can see how the land is just dried up. Boats are just sitting there. The water that's running is super narrow, small. It's not holding anything back in some areas. But up north of it, in Syria and in Turkey, they've actually built massive dams and they're holding the water back. And so whatever God's going to be doing with this bowl, is it that he stops all the water all over the place, even at the dams? Is it that the dams are just executed at just the right time and it holds all this back? God's in Everybody just say God's in charge. But I'm just telling you the Euphrates River is already being managed to be drying up. And there are many thinking this is a strong sign that we're it's right around the corner these seven years and what's to come. Okay? Huge deal as the... Euphrates is drying up, and the kings from the east could easily cross by stepping over the water that's remaining. You know what I'm saying? It's time to come through, and they'd be able to get through. It says, and I saw coming out of the mouth of the dragon, everybody say, that's Satan, 
Remember back from Revelation 13 last week where it defined the dragon as Satan, the adversary, right? And it says, and out of the mouth of the beast, right? And so this is the one that takes over and is trying to run the seven years. He brings the covenant of many, the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. This is the one pointing to the beast saying everybody needs to worship him. Do you see the three? So Satan, the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. You're seeing the three of them connected together. This is the false trinity, the copycat trinity we talked about last week. Satan's like, I'll try to be like God the Father, right? The beast, he died and resurrected supposedly. It was a lookalike, but supposed, right? And so he's doing the, and I'm Jesus Christ. And the false prophet kind of like the Holy Spirit mimic of pointing to the beast saying, go after him. These are the three, the copycat trinity that's running Satan's kingdom. Remember, Satan's kingdom is falling apart. Now, remember, if the beast is promising people and trying to pull them together and he's like, hey, I've got this, come with me. And in the beginning, maybe they even are. And as they're trusting him, things are going kind of well. And it would look pretty good until you get to these bulls, you know? And all of a sudden, you start to see, like, all of the sea is gone. All of the fresh water is gone. We've got people dying all over the place. We're getting attacked. Man, your kingdom isn't working for us. This is a massive problem rising up. And we'll talk a lot more about how all this probably comes down in the class on Wednesday nights. We'll do a little bit of a talk on Armageddon and some of what's coming with that, okay? Uh, But staying here in Revelation, it says, And I saw coming out of the mouth of the dragon... Satan, and the beast, and the false prophet, three unclean spirits like frogs. Three unclean spirits like, everybody say like. Okay, so every time you see it, that means similar to, but not that. And so he's connecting back to the plague back in Egypt and the frogs that were so horrible, but those were physical frogs. This is like, he's like, it's a plague. And there's a demon coming out of each of them. There's three unclean spirits, and they're going about influencing. It says in verse 14, they are demonic spirits performing signs who go abroad to the kings of the whole world to assemble them for battle on the great day of God the Almighty. They're going about beginning to stir the kings up and say, can you believe that guy? The whisper from the pit of hell. They're trying to take your stuff. Do you understand how much they're going to take from you? You better do something about Look at them. Do you see what's going on? And how dare they? This is all about your name. You better stand up and protect. That's the whisper that's starting to go on. Man, we have no idea how much we deal with some kind of weird, dark, demonic whisper on a daily basis. The chatter in our soul of, from the outside that has no authority but is spreading nothing but lies, man, be careful what you buy and what you listen to. Watch out for the words you allow to come into your soul. And these are starting, the kings are starting to take in some of the most evil demonic whisper as they begin to stir and assemble them for battle battle against God Almighty and battle against each other, quite frankly. And it says, assemble them for battle on the great day of God the Almighty. The beast is looking to go after. And there's going to be a huge battle in the midst. It says, behold. And when we see the word behold, we say, 
Yeah, check this out. I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping his garments on, that he may not go about naked and be seen exposed. Well, that was nice of him to tell us that, right? <laughs> so keep clothes on. Like, let's, he's like, hey, I'm just telling you, it's going to surprise you how fast it comes, right? He's like, just so you know, it's going to be that quick when it comes down. Be careful, be ready. For those who are in those seven years, and again, we'll talk more about, I do think the church has been pulled out by this point, but the reality is for those who are trusting Christ, won't go with the beast. This is a call out to them. Be ready, right? And a huge call out at that. It says, and they assembled them. They assembled them. The demons are assembling the kings and warriors. They're being manipulated and moved and placed. They assembled them at the place that in the Hebrew is called Armageddon. And if you actually look in the Hebrew actual there, it's Har Megiddo. Har, which means mountain, and Megiddo which is an area in, in Israel that's basically just a little bit north of central. It's right off of these, this plain, this valley area, and that's the area of Megiddo. And uh, there's some talk about where Har Megiddo is and what Har Megiddo is, and we'll talk a little bit more about that on Wednesday nights as well. There's just a lot of little subtle detail. Bottom line, the reality is there's a rallying together, and there's going to be a rally at this place, Har Megiddo, Armageddon. And there's going to be a massive war that's getting ready to break out. And I'm telling you, when we went to Israel, I remember standing on top of what they call Tel Megiddo. Tel's are little mounds of uh, dirt kind of that have been built up to look like a, we would call them hills. But in fact, it's just city after city that built up and then was destroyed and they built the next city over it and then the next city over it. And eventually you're standing on top of like six or seven different cities deep. And so they call it a tell, right? They have a name for ruins on top of ruins. That's how much it happens, right? And so we're on top of Tel Megiddo and we're looking out over the Jezreel Valley. And it's this massive area that will be where the basic battle of Armageddon takes place, kind of right there. And as we're looking out over the Jezreel Valley and we're talking about the different wars that have gone on in that and all that's happened with Israel there, this is where Gideon had his battle, right? The 300 men and the drinking of the water and all of that taking place right in front of us. And there's the, this road, the Via Maris, like the way of the sea. And it's the only way to get from the northern areas of like Asia and all that down into Africa is right through there right in the Jezreel Valley, right off. This is a super strategic place. And as we're standing there, we end up seeing something out. I could see some concrete or something. And I'm like, what is that? And he said, hey, for some of you, you see concrete out there. I'm like, yeah. And he said, that's the Israeli uh, runways for their fighter jets. They placed it dead middle in the Jezreel Valley and they run sorties around the area protecting the space. Like I'm just telling you, this is a hot area and it's what's coming down. And they're gonna be moved into this strategic military spot and that is the sixth bowl, prepping them for Armageddon that is to come. Bowl number seven. Poured on the world. Earthquakes and massive hailstones destroy cities. 
It says, the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and there were flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, and a great earthquake. And as there had, as there had never been since man was on the earth, so great was the earthquake. Remember the flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder. Remember those words? That's all the way back to Revelation 4 in the throne room of the Father. And when the God the Father shows up, you hear the, the flashes of lightning and the rumblings and the peals of thunder. And then it's getting added to things as it's being thrown down into the earth. And this one is, and a great earthquake. What kind of earthquake? Great earthquake such as there had never been since man was on the earth. There will be nothing like this one. We're talking massive shifting of tectonic plates all over the globe, huge shifting and adjusting, massive collapsing of land masses and pieces of land mass just sliding off into seas and massive destruction that's coming. And it says, nothing like it has been seen since man was on the earth. It says the great city, and there are a couple of thoughts about what this is, the great city. Some will say it's Jerusalem. Um, I actually probably would say this is Babylon, and for good reason, you'll see it in the sentence in just a second, so let's keep reading. The great city was split into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell, and God remembered Babylon the great. See how it kind of almost sounds like it's answering it? Babylon the great is the great city, and uh, God's remembering it to make her uh, drain the cup of the wine of the fury of his wrath. Man, it's going down bad for the city of Babylon, Babylon the great. And it says, and all the other cities of the nations fell. Man, there is nobody's design for managing the Richter scale that is going to handle this one. This is coming down bad, global, massive earthquake laying flat of cities everywhere, people running for their lives, things absolutely destroyed. And it says, and every island fled away and no mountain were to be found. Like you're going to literally see landscape change on this one. It's going to be huge what's coming at the end. This is bowl number seven. This massive, absolutely stunning, world-altering earthquake. It says, and great hailstones, about 100 pounds each, fell from heaven on people. Uh, great hailstones, 100 pounds. Have you ever tried to picture a 100-pound hailstone? They say the biggest hailstone that we have recorded is something like a 16-inch softball, maybe a little less, 12-inch softball. And they say it weighed about 2 pounds, 1.7 pounds, I think they said. So we'll call it 2 pounds, like this. Like, that's, that's heavy, man. That's a big deal. And that's getting flung at, at your car. You know what I mean? Like, that's going to do some bad damage. What does a 100-pound hailstone look like? All right, baby. All right. They're painted blue and yellow and no. All right. So we were looking for, they say, probably somewhere in the order of 20 inches across. This is about that, about 20 inches across, fully dense, 100 pounds. All right, ready? To be able to build this in the air, the way hailstones build is they have to keep swirling up in the air as they continue to build ice mass, right? They say the amount of wind it takes gets up into the high hundreds upon hundreds of miles an hour as it's whipping around up there. And then as it gets flung down, you're talking about coming down somewhere on the order of about 200 to 300 miles an hour. 
We're talking like EF5 tornado level winds are blowing to be able to carry this. We're talking like Cat 5 tornado or hurricanes blowing, just whipping. The wind is nasty, horrible. And this is what's coming in it. Can you imagine one of these coming down? Just one of these comes down and hits and the mass of whatever it leaves whole wise. But this is like a hail storm everywhere. Globally, 100 pound hail coming down at hundreds of miles an hour. That's what's coming. And they bounce. No. As it comes down, just massive damage being done. And it says, and they cursed God for the plague of the hail because the plague was so severe. Do they understand the source of what's going on? Yes. Do they understand who's in charge of heaven and earth and sea and fresh water? Yes. And do they bow? No. No bowing as they stand in their rebellion and their hateful, idolatrous anger. Those are the seven bulls being poured out. That's God taking a stand and saying, your ridiculous kingdom is done. I'm in charge. Man, hang on. Point number two. So let's turn it over to the positive side. Let's get a little bit of worship going here. Point number two, behold the rejoicing in heaven. It is done. Behold the rejoicing in heaven. We'll go back now to verse 17. It says, And the seventh angel poured out his bowl under the air, and a loud voice came out of the temple from the throne, saying, It is done. Man, put these two together. Jesus Christ at the cross. It is finished. And now we come to the end of time and the end of the bowls. It is done. The work of God is complete. He has made it clear who he is. The wrath of God has been poured out and Christ is about to come. Seven years, seven seals, seven trumpets, seven bowls, ready? And Christ comes. Everybody just say it big with me. Christ comes. Man, I'm telling you it is done. God is taking his stand. And the seven bulls as they get thrown down are absolutely a declaration. God's in charge. The angel gets to cry out, it is done. This massive statement. The final seven years are there. And then verse 18. And there were flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder and a great earthquake so that no one had seen this since man was on the earth. So great was the earthquake. Behold the God of the universe. Behold the God who will take his stand. And all of God's people said, Amen. he is the God over all creation. He is the God over the earth and the sea and the fresh water and the heavens he is the God over the dark and evil, and he will shut them down. He is the God over everything, and even this earth. 
responds to his glory and authority as it groans and cries out with the greatest earthquake ever, you're in charge. And all of God's people said, dude, that's the seven bulls in a massive thunderous exclamation point. God making it clear, I'm in charge. May we behold his glory. May we behold his righteousness. May we see him as the God over it all and give him our worship. May God get all the glory. Behold. Everybody just say behold. behold. Say it louder and bigger. Behold. Louder and bigger. Behold. behold with all we've got. Behold. May we point to the God of the universe. We are his witnesses and we stand with the king. And all of God's people said, let me pray.